Welcome to Wit and Wisdom, where we bring you straight talk on American culture and current events. I'm your host, Tom Green, and I'll be your guide. A few years ago, one of my wife's very best friends was diagnosed with terminal cancer. It was a total surprise. On her deathbed, she looked at my wife and said, I want to give you some advice. After a lengthy pause and a few tears, she looked at my wife and said, no matter what happens in your life, from this point forward, make sure you always eat the fried chicken. Now my wife, who was totally stunned, looked straight at her and said, why in the world is eating fried chicken the most important thing in life? Her friend responded, because everybody loves fried chicken. And when your days on this earth are numbered, you're really going to wish you'd taken more time to enjoy the things that you really love. That seems like great advice, and from that day forward, we've eaten a lot of fried chicken. But there's a bigger message here. Beyond just eating good fried chicken, doing things that you really love creates meaningful and lasting memories. Memories that add richness and fullness to our lives. I attended a funeral last week, and these thoughts rolled through my head as I listened to the eulogy. As Kenny's friends remembered his life, it was the good times, the laughs, and the peculiarities that made this man's life special. So since none of us will get out of here alive, don't you think we ought to identify the things we truly love to do and try to do them as many times as possible before we die? I do. And so does Bill Perkins, author of my new favorite book, Die With Zero. As Perkins explains, life isn't simply about surviving. Life is about thriving. Or as the saying goes, Life's a journey, not to arrive at the grave safely in a well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways, totally worn out, shouting, holy shit, what a ride. See, in my mind, the goal of this journey isn't merely to just survive on Earth. I think the goal is to thrive in our limited time here, so that at the end of our road, we're full of memories and experiences that leave us satisfied with the journey. And that's the premise of Perkins' new book, and a philosophy we should all consider as we move forward. The book is about making the most of your adventure on Earth before it's too late. The book comes with numerous important lessons for thriving before you die. Now, in full disclosure, none of these lessons are likely to be endorsed by your financial planner, but let's set that aside for now. So let's look at Perkins' top five lessons. Maybe you and I could learn something together. Okay, number one. Maximize your positive life experiences. We all have those positive life experiences that we wouldn't trade for any amount of money. I remember when my daughter was little and we used to walk through our neighborhood after dinner at night, typically on a beautiful summer day. I remember thinking in that moment that I want to do this as many times as possible before I die. Perkins suggests that we ought to take inventory of what makes us truly happy and then convert our money into creating more of those memories. I agree. It's the best way to truly maximize your limited time on Earth. The memory of those experiences becomes more valuable over time. That's because each of these experiences creates what Perkins calls a memory dividend. As you grow older, these memories pay enormous dividends over time. Number two, start investing in experiences early. Now I know what you're thinking. I don't have the time right now to create a memory dividend, whatever that is. I get it. But if life really is the sum of all our memorable experiences, 
Can you really afford not to invest in positive life experiences? Can you afford not to create memory dividends that will give you a return on your investment for the rest of your life? See, having piles of money isn't the secret to creating memory dividends. The key ingredient to memory dividends is the vision and creativity to seek out memorable and meaningful experiences, even if those experiences happen right in your own backyard or right in your own neighborhood. Waiting until we have enough money, enough time, enough margin, enough vacation time is risky. Why? Because we all think that our life remains static over time, that we'll always have more time later, that our friends and family will always be there. They won't. Friends come and go. Children grow up and move away. People we care about get sick and die. The point of starting early is to ensure that you don't die regretting the once-in-a-lifetime trip you never took to St. Andrews with your dad because he got too sick to travel. Over time, the memory dividend can become more valuable than the original experiences. I wrote about that in a piece called, What is the Single Greatest Experience of Your Life? That article talked about my life experience of playing Augusta National a few years ago with a great friend. When you look back on your life, the richness of those experiences will matter. They'll enrich your life and the lives of others. The fullness of your life won't be defined by any amount of money or what you have in your 401k or whether you got a new car every two years or whether you die in a larger house. After all, isn't the point of making money to create the flexibility to enjoy the things we really love with the people we love? I think so. Number three, time value of money. One of the key ingredients in the die with zero philosophy is the time value of money, but perhaps not in the way you're thinking. See, the usefulness of money actually diminishes with age. How would a 30-year-old spend $1 million? Well, they might get a graduate degree. They might buy a Porsche 911 Turbo. They might climb Mount Everest or start a business or buy Apple stock that'll be worth millions of dollars in just a few years. But in comparison, how would an 85-year-old spend that same amount of money? They aren't likely to climb Mount Everest or buy a Porsche 911 Turbo or start a new business. So the money likely becomes part of an estate plan that ultimately transfers the money to their children, who, by the way, are already in their 60s and probably don't need the money anyway. So one might argue that the utility of money diminishes over time in direct correlation to our ability to enjoy that wealth. The book also makes a fair argument that if we have money, we ought to give it away sooner. Why? Because that money, while it'll grow over time, is more useful to that organization sooner rather than later. As we've all figured out lately, things get more expensive over time. So in many ways, the money you give today, while maybe smaller, is actually more valuable than the money you might give tomorrow, even if it's larger. The message here is pretty simple. Money can actually lose value over time, even if it's gaining money in an interest-bearing account. Number four, make a plan to die with zero money. Now, as I said earlier, None of these rules are necessarily going to be encouraged by your financial planner. The last thing your financial planner wants to hear is that you're going to spend more money, not less. So why is this a good idea? Well, what if you spent your whole life working to save a nice nest egg so that you could travel when you finally retire at 70 years old? That seems to be the American dream, and also the advice of every financial planner on the planet. But that is really pretty horrible advice. If you're 50 years old today, 
you only have a 50% chance of living to see age 80. And even if you do live to see age 80, there's no guarantee that you'll be in any condition to travel or do the things that you dreamed about during all those years driving the desk. So start spending that nest egg now and create those memory dividends for later. See, your ability to enjoy those life experiences is highly dependent on your health. If you die before you get a chance to create all those meaningful and memorable experiences, then was it all really worth the trouble? As Perkins suggests, money has absolutely no value when you're dead. Lesson number five, life is comprised of seasons. Bill Perkins opines that life is comprised of seasons and that more importantly, we die many deaths in the course of our lives. For example, by the time we turn 12 or 13, the child inside of us dies. No teenager wants to be seen as a child. Then, once we graduate from college, the college student dies. You get the point. But what about the rest of our lives? Do we continue to go through seasons and watch versions of ourselves die? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. And as we age, the seasons of life present opportunities, but they also present limitations. For example, I've always wanted to compete in an Ironman triathlon. But for the most part, I think my Ironman season has ended. Once these many deaths happen, there's really no turning back. As Jimmy Buffett once sang, the summers and winters scattered like splinters and four to five years slipped away. See, it's important to recognize the season you're in and what seasons lie ahead. Perkins suggests that we use time buckets to discover what life could look like in the future, essentially mapping out each 10-year window and defining the items that you want to accomplish during that time. What key experiences or activities or life events do you want to accomplish before that window closes? It's sort of the opposite of a bucket list, where we create a list of hopes and dreams without any concrete plan for how we hope to accomplish those. It's a more productive way to name the seasons during which you plan to create those memorable and meaningful life experiences. Okay, one more lesson, even though I think I said there were only five. Number six, take your biggest risks when you have nothing to lose. According to Perkins, the business of life is the acquisition of memories. With that in mind, he recommends taking the biggest risks when you have the least to lose. That doesn't mean blowing your rent money on one hand of blackjack in Vegas. It does mean that you identify opportunities that you're not taking that pose little risk to you now. See, if you're like me, we have regrets about the things we didn't do when we were younger. Things like spending a semester in Washington, D.C., or backpacking through Europe after college. Things we had no business doing because we were broke. But since we were broke, what did we really have to lose? Nothing. Instead, we decided to get a job and start making money. Getting a job and making money was probably the right thing to do at the time, but it doesn't create any memory dividends to look back on later in life. Always remember that you're better off taking more chances when you're younger than when you're older. So that's it for this week. Six lessons on how to build a more memorable life. Pick up a copy of Bill Perkins' new book, Die With Zero, on Amazon. It's 13 bucks well spent. After that, go create a list of the things that you love to do and start creating meaningful memories before it's too late. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening to Wit & Wisdom on one of the major podcast platforms, make sure you follow us. That'll guarantee that you never miss an episode and get notified each time a new one's available. And if you already follow the show, please invite a friend to follow the show with you. 
In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on my website at tomgreenwithane.com or catch me on all the social network channels under Tom Green with an E, writer. That's Tom Green, writer. So until next week, thanks for tuning in. And always remember, nothing beats nice.